This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture, only on lineupmedia.fm. Genazit, genazit, parilusin shpesek. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. Hey, last weekend, last Sunday, I went to see, and I strongly recommend my listeners out there, if you get a chance to see it, it's called Intent to Destroy. And uh, it's kind of like a documentary, but it goes into the movie The Promise, and it, it just it was just great, man. And uh, it's kind of a movie that goes around like the festivals and uh, – and you grade it. You grade it one through five. Of course, I graded it a five because mm-hmm. I, it touched home. And uh, if you guys get a chance, if this comes near your town, I strongly urge, go see it. You know what? I passed up my Dallas Cowboy football game to watch this, and it was well worth it. It's our history and what had happened and all that. And uh, I really think that what I enjoyed from it more or less, Brian, was I'm seeing Odars, which are – uh, American people that that are not Ar- Ar- Armenian, just uh, people that aren't Armenian. We call them Odars, and and they're really watching this man. And uh, I was watching them as they're watching this. I know the history. I know mm-hmm. what the hell happened. But when you're watching them, it's kind of like it, it's cool that they're reacting like that. And they're w- then they took questions after the movie, and uh, one of them said. Uh, why can't we get our base out of Turkey and set it up in uh, Armenia? And I, that's what I like to hear, just the, just the thought that, hey, you know what? These Turks, they're a-holes. Mm-hmm. Why, not move, why not move all that to Armenia? I mean, it, it was beautiful. I, I definitely recommend people watch it. And it, we had, uh, uh, we had uh, Serge Tankian on there, too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I'm one day maybe he'll come on our show. One day we will get him. We're still crossing off uh, lines on the walls here. All the days <laughs> he hasn't been on, but we will one day get Serge on our show. Four hundred days without <laughs> Serge Tankian. Counting. <laughs> Intent to destroy. It was a great movie. I mean, it really woke me up, and it woke a lot of people up. In I'm the I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hey Brian, our guest for this week. Well, you know what? You know a lot about him. Uh, you were in New York. Uh, he's a musician, Michael Sarian. And uh, tell us a little bit about him. So, uh, yeah, recently I took a trip to New York just to go to the city for my anniversary and catch a concert. And uh, ended up getting uh, finding out that uh, another friend of mine named Brian happened to be playing uh, at another show in Harlem. And so uh-huh. we went and checked it out. And as I was talking about our different podcasts and stuff like that, I mentioned Armenia Proud. And he goes, well, hey, the, the guy who, who I'm playing with, he's Armenian. And I was like, well, this is perfect. I'll go talk to him. And so uh, that's how I, I ended up meeting uh, Michael and, uh, and listening to his music. And I was blown away by how good it was. Beautiful. And so I was like, you got to listen to this dude. We got to get him on. Uh, we got him on right now. And right? we have him on right now. Michael, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We're doing great. We're doing great. See, I I even send uh, my American buddies out to find uh, Armenians now, so it's yeah, working out great. Scouting. 
Hey, uh, he said that uh, you play a lot of beautiful jazz music, man. Now, where where did this all take take off at? Um, the jazz music. Yeah. Well, I I started you know you know as many young kids, especially in in the Armenian communities, um, you know taking piano lessons at a very young age. And uh, high school, I started playing trumpet. And uh, I didn't really know much about jazz, but I started playing trumpet in, in the school band. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, I wanted to hear trumpet in, in music when I was listening to music. And naturally, I, I, I found jazz because that's, you know, um, trumpet is popular in there. So that's, that's basically uh, how I got started. And you know what? I don't know about your past, but I know as an Armenian... It seems like the first one we always start off with. I don't know what, why it is, but piano. I, I don't know. Th- did you go that route as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember my my parents bought a piano. When I was <laughs> there you go. Six or something like that. And uh, I remember wanting to like my older brother was going to start off, and they were going to wait till for me. And I was I, for some reason I really wanted to take the lessons, so they let me start earlier. All right, all right, and. Uh, yeah. You were born uh, in the North America, in uh, Europe, uh, in Middle yes, East. Yes, I was born in I was born in Canada. Canada, I was born in Toronto, and uh, we actually moved to Argentina when I was one year old. So I lived there for uh, twenty two years. Really, really. So Argentina is home for me. Yeah, really. Is <laughs> there a good Armenian community down there? There is. There really is a huge community. I honestly, we weren't uh, brought up, brought up in the community. I'm half Armenian. Uh-huh. Um, my on my mother's side, we are like, um, I guess Irish and Scottish, you know, by way of Canada. Um, but I've actually once I moved to New York about five and a half years ago, um, I started, uh, you know, being more and more involved in the Armenian community. So much so that I actually work at the uh, AGBU here in New York City. Mm. All right. Yeah. Who influenced <laughs> you on the music aspect? Who influenced? Well, growing. Up in Argentina, there's a lot of rock. Rock is very popular down there. So a lot of Argentine rock, a lot of um, you know American rock, obviously, um, and uh, this the jazz. Like I listened to a lot of Miles Davis, a lot of Chet Baker. Uh, I think the first guy that really got me inspired was uh, Jaco Pastorius, uh, the bass player. Bass player, yeah. Yeah. So I started taking bass lessons. I started playing bass. That didn't last very long, <laughs> but I think that really. Um, that started um, like him and I think Charles Mingus, who are you know bass players, don't play trumpet, so they kind of um, that's how I started writing music because I was started listening more to like the the songs they were writing, the, their compositions versus just the who was playing trumpet on what track. So that's kind of uh, how that worked out for me at least. So, uh, Michael, did did you come from a musical family at all, or uh, like what you know? What's the history there? Not really. Um, there was uh, an art uh, love for the arts for sure. Um, my, I mean, my dad is a businessman, but he always says that if he could go back, like when he was young, he always wanted to be a conductor. Oh. Uh, which is, I, I think, is pretty random, but it's interesting. So there's there's that love for the arts and uh, uh, for sure for music. You know, they they made us take piano lessons. We wanted to, but it was, you know, so it, it was always it was it was always in the house. How much would Danny Bedrosian love to hang out with uh, Michael? I mean, well, this is like the same uh, same interview we had when we d- first did Danny yeah. a long time ago. So uh, I actually I spoke with Danny over over this past week, uh, just because you know we were on Facebook and stuff, and he actually said that he's he's heard of you, Michael. Huh? 
Yeah, yeah. He's uh, touring all over the world there. He plays with Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, he's the trumpet trumpet player, right? No, he's a keyboard player. Keyboard player? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I know. For sure. Oh, he's that's. That's kind of cool that he's heard of me. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's definitely in the jazz. And I tell you, who else is in the jazz that I think uh, you ought to start looking into is Armenia itself. I was there maybe uh, last last year and a half ago, and man, Michael, they they kick back on side of hills with wine and stuff, and uh, I know, and people just play jazz, and they love it, man. They love that more man, than any you, type of music. You, you can imagine. Um, Working at you know being at the HB offices every day, I I, I hear this all the time. <laughs> really, um, I've never I've no, yeah. Well, I mean I work I work in the performing arts department, so we have um, a lot of like artistic and musical programs in and outside of Armenia. So everyone's telling me, oh, you play jazz, you have to go. I've never been, unfortunately. I might go next year. Um, we have actually. Uh, we have a musical program. It's called AGB Musical Armenian Program uh, Map, which is a three-week program in Armenia, where you know you take lessons with you know the best teachers. You have performance opportunities. Uh, uh, perf- you know all these kind of networking le- lectures. We have there's a lecture with Tiga Mansurian. So I think uh, next year I might eventually take the plunge and actually go myself as a student as opposed to AGB uh, staff. Yeah, for sure you're going to have to do that. I guarantee you you'll see it like a whole new light because I could not believe how they pack it in to listen yeah. to to listen to some jazz. Yeah, and we've had we've had um jazz musicians from Armenia uh come over here and play. We've organized like Mikhail Voskanyan, uh you know, well obviously Tigran Kamasian. So there's there's a big big uh, scene over there which i'm well aware of and i have to make my way over at some point <laughs> why do you think jazz is still uh on uh the radar i mean it i know you you guys love it and everything but it's so mellowed out to me that i i just don't get into it as much as uh like possibly uh gnr or something like that but uh it seems like uh, jazz is so kicked back and so relaxing and uh, it attracts from young to old, it's it's still something that uh, just uh, you magnetize around. Yeah, well, there's the thing with jazz is like it's, there's so many types of jazz, so that's that's one of the reasons why you know it attracts so many people because if you're bound to find some sort of uh, style within the genre called jazz that you will you know love. It's you know the jazz music today, like for example, like I'm off the top of my mind, like Robert Glasper, he's a jazz musician, but he he plays with, like, you know, he collaborates with, you know, Kendrick Scott and all these other guys. So it's really the jazz musician is becoming um, way more flexible and way more um, uh, rounded out musician than just, you know, ding, 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 kind of thing. Well, you know what? If you do go to Armenia, I have to get in touch with Rafi Maneshian. He's got a record label in uh, Armenia, they play nothing but music like that. With the, they got duduk and all that. I mean, have you yeah. ever thought about the duduk? That's unbelievable. It's centuries yeah, well, old. Yeah, we have. It's oh, I know. I actually have one, uh, which uh, someone brought for me from Armenia. I've tried playing it maybe three times and gave up because it's very different than a brass instrument. I play trumpet, and that's two reeds, not only one. So, 
but yeah, it's, it's something that I, I'm well aware of and uh, have, I've tried to kind of like imitate um, sounds I've, like, I have in my first album. We have an arrangement of Der Borgormia. Yeah, and I heard that. We use, uh, I mean, we use a clarinet, but uh, if in a way that, you know, with enough vibrato and things like that, you might be able to imagine how, oh, this could, you know, be... No, I don't and, know. And, uh, something. Things like that, yeah. Yeah, I tell you Pardon what me? though. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, Michael, you played that Dervorm yeah so damn good, man. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean that was uh I haven't heard it with the trumpet. And uh that was kind of neat. That was really neat actually. Cool. So I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, uh have you uh Okay, so you're thinking about going uh, there next year to Armenia. Has there been any Armenian musicians or Armenian music that you've listened to in the past and you've said, you know what, that sounds damn good too? Well, uh, for sure, Tigran Hamasian is just, you know, uh, whether he's Armenian or whatever, like he could be anything. Yeah, I would still listen to him. He's outrageously good. Um, there's there's a handful of other guys. Uh, well, obviously Mikhail Voskanian, who's great, um, and he's you know he's have you have you heard of him? Uh, you know what? He's a, I I he's a may player. yeah I may have I may have Michael I just yeah, I forget yeah. everything old football injury you know everything's <laughs> you. Um, uh, everything's wrong upstairs but yeah so there has been uh, Ar- Armenian artists that uh, have influenced you as well. Yeah. For sure, you know you got today. You have internet. You have all these. You have your. You, you have all these music and people avail, like available for you yeah. to hear. So, right. I try to open my ears up as much as possible. And right. Armenia is obviously uh, an important factor. So, and a big, um, you know, influence for sure. Well, you know what? It's very rich in uh, history as well with. Scottish Irish influence with the bagpipes and the, I yeah. you know you have that type of influence and then you have the army. I th- this is very very culture and uh, I mean it's like two two generations of uh, music put together with you. It, it's it, you mm. I, I would think you mix something really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean think about it. I love. I don't know why the hell Brian they don't play the bagpipe more. I love that. I, I feel like uh, that's I'm a reincarnation of someone that <laughs> led the armies with that thing, wearing those green uh, kilts. Man, I, so, so in, in Argentina, I went to a Scottish school, um, all like all the way through, and they they uh, they offered bagpipe lessons. And I can tell you why more people don't play bagpipe because yeah. one, it's really hard, and two, you if you don't play it, really really well, it sounds it, it can be a devastating sound. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I think I tried to blow into that one time, and it sounded like a camel that had fallen and is dying. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, and it was hard to even get that sound out, believe it or not. So it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, and uh, it's cool that you – now, you started uh, – when did you start touring? Uh, it, I, I, Brian gave me this note here that uh, you started touring around 18 to England. Yeah, yeah, so – my my high school band had you know had a really really strong music program, and we would tour uh, in within Argentina and South America, and uh, we we um, went to Europe as well. And it was a you know school thing, but it was um, that might make it sound kind of 
uh, I don't know, amateurish or whatever, but it was really, um, really high level. And we went, it was, I think it was two weeks all, through, all throughout the UK. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience. So, that uh, was like my first foray into touring, really. So, right. yeah, when, when did you actually start like touring uh, as, you know, your profession? Like, um, so I started doing, I've, I've done lot, lots of uh, like little tours here and there. Um, I try and stay local yeah. to New York as much as possible, not only for my AGB work, but, you know, there's so many opportunities here. Um, so I've like, when I was still in Argentina, I did some tours like to Uruguay, um, and within the country with, uh, a variety of, uh, different groups. And here in New York, I've done a couple, um, one with this group called Phantom Pop. We did something throughout the Midwest and South and well, more, and most recently with my own septet, which, uh, Brian got to see. We went last month, we had a couple of couple of dates out, out of town we went to rochester went to catskills went to uh, pennsylvania for a little bit so uh yeah that's uh, it's 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 a great experience and very different with when you're a side man versus like the band leader that's, yeah yeah that's a, a big takeaway by the way brian came back uh from his vacation from his trip to new york and said you're not gonna believe this music I heard, and I I, I was thinking. Uh, I've I've been listening to the albums uh, that you gave me uh, since I got back, and like I just I have them in my car, and I've just been listening to them, and uh, I I love it, man. It's it seriously is is some of the most uh, beautiful and complex jazz that I've ever listened to, and. Uh, well- I, I, Thank you. That's that, that's really that's really nice. I'm not I'm not Thank like you. a jazz connoisseur, you know. It's like uh, of the two Brian Crocs that you have met, uh, you know, the, <laughs> one of them is is a very skilled jazz musician, and then there's me, some random rock drummer in St. Louis, uh, you Man, know. So, yeah. but but for me, like just from what I listen to, like uh, it's it, it sounds so good and so clean and just just all around uh, great albums that I loved listening to. So. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, I really do. And, you know, we actually just finished recording our third album. Well, so okay. So that will be out uh, some, sometime next year, uh, hopefully. Now, will you, yeah. tour, will you tour throughout the world? Uh, because Danny just came back from Australia, and he said, my God, man, they love jazz so much. They love that stuff down there. So are you guys yeah, planning on taking so- this abroad? For sure, for sure. That's that's. Um, so, like as, as I mentioned, our first tour with my band was uh, last uh, October, last a little over a month ago. So my my idea, like that, was just to get our feet wet, so to speak. And uh, I really want to start touring more uh, next year and in the future for sure. Because um, you know, it's it's uh, we. I tried to get a group together that kind of not only was a good musical. Uh, um, group, but also good group of people that we could spend time together and like really talk about the music and like get get an actual, um, you know, what? kind of bonding thing. That I I, I I dig that kind of vibe, and so I think it's taken us, or it's taken me a while at least to to put it together or to the point where I feel like all right now we can start like actually, you know, doing more serious more serious touring and more you know more outreach to higher level. Uh, gigs and whatnot now when when you play your jazz is this like traditional jazz or do you guys just throw something into the 
spice and mix it up a little bit more. Yeah, so what I what I like to call it, um, for lack of a better term, is world jazz, because there's a lot of um, world rhythms and and I think mm-hmm. uh, world in, you know includes like rock and roll and R and B and electronic, because I think it's a broad spectrum. But then we have like the Bogormia, of course, and I have a lot of Latin rhythms, uh, some klezmer, and uh, and gospel. So I just like to marry all those Mix it all together. Up. Yeah, within within the the jazz umbrella, which I think in this case uh, is the some of the harmonies, some maybe the more complex harmonies, and the improvisational aspect, which you know I like to have clear structures to, to the songs, but give a lot of room for for freedom and for self expression. Michael, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm just throwing this out there. When you get a little spare time, kick back with that duduk. Whenever they're kicking back with their break, you just pull this out and bust it in that. Uh, yeah, can I know, you I Can know. you picture that? Like in a mist of smoke and you're up there by yourself and playing this? <laughs> wow, I would do it. I would do it. I'll, uh, I'll Me go up my, my rooftop here. Yeah. I'll go up my rooftop here in Brooklyn and piss all my neighbors off with my, with my practicing. There you go. Maybe I could be yeah. in the background with a bagpipe. <laughs> yes, that would definitely make me popular among my my neighbors. <laughs> so, hey, Michael. Um, so, do you um, do you allow room for like improvisation and stuff like that in your music? Because I saw the way that you were leading the band, and it seemed like you were like uh, like kind of really in control of stuff. So, yes. So, well, the, the time you were there, um, we had a couple of subs. So that was the first time the other Brian was reading the music for the very yes. first time. And that was the second time the drummer was reading the music. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah Samuel Sarkeesian, right? Yeah, he, yeah, sir, yeah, actually, yeah, Samuel Sarkeesian, a uh, great drummer. He's, he's 22 years old. He's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, he's, I was uh, so jealous of him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, um, but, um, so then in those kind of cases, especially with like a, a drummer that's not too familiar with the music, I try and give as much cues and as much direction as possible, you know, but if, if it were all of us, who were, like all the regular guys, yeah, like, forget about it. I, I, I could just like not be there. <laughs> I could, I could just send, I could, I could send a different trumpet player, and it would be fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's like with anything. If you're going to have a second team uh, football players in too, you you you're going to have to wa- overwatch them. Yes. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. It's probably. I I don't mind it. It's like great. I love Brian. Kick ass! It was it was a great show. I I, I was really yeah. I was I was happy because that was the first time I'd ever actually seen him play. So, uh, and you should check out uh, like make take diverting this attention to Brian. He just recorded an album with his big band and yeah, the Big Heart Machine. Like, yeah, that's that is incredible stuff. Like, I was like, oh, I, I I'm a composer. I'm, I play and like, whatever, and I subbed in in one of his big band's rehearsals, and I was like, oh, okay, this is okay, cool. Yes, he <laughs> uh, different level. He keeps telling he he told me that uh, he's planning on releasing the album uh, in in a bit, and I was like, "Well, you let me know when, and I will definitely buy a copy." So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard. Uh, so we share the same drummer, and when we were on tour, the drummer showed us sort of some of the, the rough mixes, and it sounds really beautiful. So yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, how did you find uh, an Armenian drummer too? You guys grew up together or something? No, no. Actually, I met him through HBU. He, so HBU um, um, has well, one of one of its main focuses is scholarships, and um, nice. there's a lot of performing arts scholarships. So he was a recipient of uh, scholarships, I think, for two years, 
uh, when he was studying here at Queens College. And uh, we had an event at Lincoln Center in which he played. I actually played with him. So that's how I met him. Uh, you know, great drummer, cool. great guy. And then I started calling him for my own gigs. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's how you see. That's yeah. how we move there, Brian. Armenians giving the Armenian a chance there, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Michael's gonna give me a shot with the bagpipe in the background, and the we'll, <laughs> well, we'll get that thing going too. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, you guys are headed down to Buenos uh, Aires uh, in uh, Argentina, and uh, how long are you gonna be down there? I'm leaving tonight. Uh, I'll be there for two weeks. I have. Uh, Two shows uh, with the Septet. So I have the Michael Sarian, and the Chabonis is a Septet. We're playing on Wednesday at Thelonious Club in Buenos Aires. Thursday at Santos Cuarenta Cuarenta, also in Buenos Aires. Uh, Thursday, November 30th, we're playing a bebop club with Michael Sarian and the Big Chabonis, which is uh, a big band version of what you saw, Brian. So it's 16 oh, okay. of us. Wow. Seven. Yeah. And then uh, December 1st is our, is our last show. It's just quartet. Uh, and, and Borges, 1975. Well, you so know that's what? All the information. I just plugged everything really quickly, and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brian? Let's let's give a shout out on that too, because we've got a lot of fans down in oh, yeah. Argentina that yeah, we, download we our shows and share on Facebook and stuff. And yeah, yeah I can I can send you the poster if, you, if that'd be helpful. Yes, yes. that'd be great. Yes. Email See, me the poster. Yeah, Brian will put that up nice, there. Nice, nice. That is Excellent. so cool. That is so cool, and I'm glad to see that. Uh, We've got Armenians everywhere, man. Ar Ayo. Armenians everywhere. Ayo. <laughs> and uh, so uh, right after that two weeks, you're back in uh, uh, back in New York, then, right? Back in New York, I have we have then I have a bunch Christmas. of here in, in in yeah December and uh, Christmas. Well, I'm leaving the city for a couple weeks, spending with family. All right. My, All right. Where, where's your family at now? So my parents retired a few years ago. They um, so both my brother and me live in Brooklyn. Um, they left. They moved to Toronto oh, okay. uh, maybe three or four years ago. So they're they're closer to us. They like moved back home basically. Yeah, it's just a few and, hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then they they you know they do the retired thing. It's it's kind of cliche, but it's great for me because I get to spend the winters or the Christmas in Florida. So they you know they live in Canada. They winter in Florida. So <laughs> wait a minute. So you I'm, I'm not complaining. You don't like that whole uh, winter, the, the great snow, white north, <laughs> and all that stuff. I, yeah. I I get plenty of that here in Brooklyn. I, I, can, I can take two weeks off and go to the beach. I hear you. I hear you. All right, brother. Well, we wish you all the luck down in Argentina. And uh, and when you come back, uh, when you're headed out for your first big tour, please get back on our show and tell us all about it. And uh, we'll get the word out where you're going and all that. It'll be beautiful. Definitely. Much appreciated, uh, John and Brian. I think it was a great talking to you guys. And one more Thank thing. You so much. If you are headed to Armenia, again, a, a friend of our show and a big friend of mine, and that that's Rafi Maneshian. And, uh, again, that's uh, yeah, that's what he does uh, in Armenia with uh, record labels and stuff like that and gets uh, bands uh, playing jazz music. So, you know what? Uh, if you go there, there'll be someone waiting for you for sure. We'll hook you up. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, Yechpai, you take care and have a safe trip. We'll talk again. Thanks. We'll do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, you came through for me, Brian. That, that I, was a good interview. I try. <laughs> and uh, I really didn't know Michael. And then you said unbelievable jazz uh, yeah. player. So you know what? I can't wait to you better share this CD with me too. Oh, I will. Don't worry. Yeah, you got I, it in I your cannot, car. You I cannot even... stop listening to it. I'll, I'll give it to you yeah, on the way please. out. You can I listen mean, to it geez, over the weekend. I'd like to stuff. listen to the guy too a little bit. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, Brian, our next segment, of course, it's our wine segment, and that's Anush Garibian O'Connor. And uh, Anush, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, she's uh, she's out right now, and uh, she's checking out all the wines for the holiday season. And I said, you know what, it'd be a great time to get Anush into our segment here and uh, have her talk about a little bit about wine. Anush, how are you? Hi, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, holidays are right around the corner. And uh, how about it? What kind of wines we have out there for this uh, holiday season? Well, well I, I can tell you, like, this holiday season is, I, I love that in the beginning, but Thanksgiving is by far my absolute favorite. You're kidding. This Thanksgiving is about... Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's all about food and family. You know, there is ah, yeah. no other stress related to it. You're right. You're right. And I love Thanksgiving so much that we actually celebrated um, on Thursday with my uh, husband's family. And then two days later, I make a whole new everything from the scratch again and then invite one um, friend with their family over to our place because I feel like it's a family celebration, but it's also I want to celebrate with a friend and uh, share all the greatness and being thankful and just um, enjoy and appreciate life. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like that bird. I I don't like turkey. I, it's it's a boring white meat, and uh, I mean I'm Are really you? yeah. Uh, they'll have you it out there. Tried my turkey. Uh, really okay. Well, <laughs> I've tried fried turkey. I've tried oven turkey. I just uh, I just keep coming up with it's always dry meat, and I don't know. Maybe uh, we should <laughs> we should find Mariam and yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Mariam will have a great uh, recipe. But the secret is um, that our turkey comes out always perfect is that I prepare it, I brine it, not necessarily with too much salt or sugar, but I brine it with spices and different herbs. So it gives it a flavor. And then on the day, my husband bastes it every 20 minutes with wine and butter. Wow. So so it's a very labor-intensive, but it turns out. (laughs) <laughs> well, I prepare it, and then he takes care of it, and then I do the rest of the stuff. So we have we have split that since long time ago. But um, so going back to the wine, I mean, I can talk forever about the food and the preparation, etc. Yeah. But so so turkey is such a versatile um, meat that it can pair with red wines and white wines at the same time. So depending on what you like. Uh, to to drink more, you can uh, go with that. So for the whites, I have a Chardonnay, a traditional white wine that is loved and appreciated by many. And this would be a perfect pairing because Chardonnay can have this buttery and smoky feel that really stands up well to the meat. So um, that would be a good pairing. And then secondly, another white or a pink rosé would be nice, a sparkling wine, which has a little bit of the residual sugar that also can pair well with the meat and also the cranberry sauce, the tartness and the fruitiness of that. So Hmm. if you want to stay on the light side, or on the white side, you can go with a Chardonnay or a sparkling 
you know, like a champagne style uh, wine that would pair really good with it. I want um, any wine out there that'll make that turkey taste better. So <laughs> uh, I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all ears right now. Yeah. So if you want to stay, if you want to have a red with the turkey, which is absolutely a perfect pairing, uh, the wines from like Burgundian region, uh, also they grow the grapes uh, all across, um, all over the world. So Pinot Noir is considered one of the staples for the Thanksgiving. And uh, um, it pairs really well because Pinot Noir has this uh, fruity flavors of cherries, uh, like sour cherries and etc. And it's very good match for a turkey with the sauce as, as well as the stuffing because uh, it it really like balances well. Now, uh, now this Pinot Menar is this uh, is this a brand name or is this uh, a different type of red wine? Uh, so Pinot Noir. Pinot Can you say Noir. it? I'm Pinot say it. Noir. There you go. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so so Pinot Noir is a varietal, just like a Chardonnay or a Cabernet or a Zinfandel, uh, and uh, it's uh, when you say wines of Burgundy, mm-hmm. mostly this it's a Pinot Noir, but also Pinot Noir grows very well in United States, um, in Sonoma uh, and Oregon. Those are uh, places where the Pinot Noir really grows really well. So you can go with either one. You can either buy French or you can buy something from um, uh, Oregon. I would say buy from Sonoma to support the Sonoma um, wine industry after, sure. uh, you know, yeah. after that. So, um, so Pinot is a great option. There is also another um, wine that it would be super fun to have, and it's actually coming up pretty soon if it's not already on the market. It's called Beaujolais, and Beaujolais Nouveau is a wine that is a new wine and it's still kind of like a fermented like in Armenia they have this thing they call it Majar. Are you familiar with it? I've heard that, yes. It's like a it's a young it's a young wine so the Beaujolais Nouveau is a young wine that it still has a little effervescence that hasn't gone through full uh, I mean it hasn't gone through any aging so basically it's fermented and then it's a little bit stabilized, and then it's bottled, and then it's shipped, and it's supposed to be consumed within, you know, the season that it's produced and shipped. So mm. that would be a really fun one, fun, fun wine to go with a turkey too. Um, so those um, another one that's a very traditional and a good staple would be a Zinfandel, and Zinfandel is although it has origins um, or some linkage to uh, Europe of the origination, but it's a very traditional grape of the United States, particularly California. It pairs superbly with the turkey and all the uh, accessories that come with it. It's a nice um, jammy wine that has that can have a little bit of residual sugar in it. Some of them can, some of them can be super... Uh, dry, but it's very food friendly. It's it's warm. It has uh, it can have spice uh, flavors of spices and chocolate and coffee. So um, absolute uh, great match for Thanksgiving din- dinner. Hey, I got a question for you. Now people say they uh, inject 
uh, the meat with wine. Is this a table mm-hmm. wine, or can I can I grab one of these wines that you just mentioned? And uh, uh, while my wife's turned away or something, I could inject uh, this turkey with some wine and make it more juicier or something. Yeah, absolutely. So so for me, this is the. Uh, rule that I go by when I cook with wine is that I wouldn't cook with a wine that I wouldn't drink because once you cook cook with it, you know, the alcohol and other things evaporate and the flavor stays. And if the wine is has a bad flavor to begin with, uh-huh. then it's going to have a bad flavor in your food. So um, absolutely, choose, choose, choose a wine. It doesn't have to be expensive, you know, expensive mm-hmm. and versus good. It's two different things. It can be still... Five bottle, five dollar bottle of wine, or three dollar bottle of wine, or seven dollar, depending on uh, what you, um, you know, the prices in the market. So yeah, inject it with uh, with with the white, uh, typically with the white, because white. if you do it with the red wine, yeah, if you do it with the red wine, the meat will turn pink, which is uh, it's fine, but. Um, if you want it's, a pink yeah, turkey, the, you can the inject texture. it. <laughs> yeah, the texture doesn't look good. But you know what I'm thinking, though, Anush, is how many times have we drank wine and we haven't finished the bottle and we don't want it to sit there for two, three days or whatever? Why not grab that type of wine and uh, use it for uh, the food out there as well? Uh, yeah, that's absolutely a great idea, even though that doesn't typically happen in our house. But yes. <laughs> yeah, you down the whole bottle, don't you? Okay. Well, that's well good. between my husband, myself, and my mom that now likes to drink wine too. So, but yeah, it's, I mean, joking aside, absolutely. You know, put um, the wine that you have uh, uh, stored in the fridge that you haven't drank, just uh, put it in the brine or put it in the sauce, but basting, um, basting or injecting is the key. And again, like uh, uh, a little bit um, diverging from the wine wine part, in order to keep the basting liquid on the bird, you need to use a cheesecloth. So if you put a cheesecloth on the top of the turkey and keep basting on the cheesecloth, you know, it kind of keeps the moisture. You're it keeps kidding. the juices, so it goes into the thing. Yeah, that's the... That's the Martha Stewart recipe that I uh, was given for my first year that of the uh, in, of Thanksgiving dinner that I made, which was uh-huh. in 2006. And since then, that's what we have been using, and it absolutely works. Uh, give me that again. Because give me that again. What what was that called again? I'm going to write this down. Yeah, and I'll send it to. It's Martha Stewart's recipe for. I think it's either Thanksgiving turkey or Christmas turkey. And, uh, you know, when you put the cheesecloth on, you you first you submerge it in the wine and butter, and then you put it on, and then you keep basting it, and it just keeps the moisture on it, and uh, it it comes out really good. But what about the color? I I still want a brown-looking bird. I I don't want a white. Yeah, exactly. So there is a... um, there is a uh, time frame that you do that uh, with the cheesecloth and then you uh, take it off the last hour or 45 minutes and it turns the color. Ah. So it, it comes out, it, the, the color turns out good, the bird comes out moist, so it's, um, you know what? it's a perfect thing and with a nice glass of wine. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. Well, I'm going to try that because all I do, they'll have the turkey out there, and all I want to do is eat the left medjoon and uh, 
potatoes and stuff like that. I I I don't I, I don't know. It's always dry. Dry meat. Never. <laughs> so so for those who don't want to eat turkey and they want to have lama june or other things, that absolutely perfect match for that would be nice Armenian wine. I have tasted few uh, within past um, several weeks, and um, it's seriously it's so exciting to see that it's not just one producer that's doing good. It's not just two, but there's like all of them are trying to. Um, work on their quality and to produce and give a good result, a good wine. So um, absolutely, there is uh, the Van Ardi, which we talked about. There is a wine called Kur, and there is uh, also Kataro, and all those wines, um, all those Armenian wines can be purchased uh, online from uh, the person that I interviewed a few weeks ago, Stepan Bagdasaran, winesofarmenia.com. So he's... um, you know, if if you don't want to do the turkey, go with the Armenian um, yummies and delicacies and have a nice Armenian wine paired with it. And you can pair the Armenian wine with the turkey, too. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Why not? All right, well, that's uh, that's going to be right around the block. That's next week, and uh, we're really excited about that. And, and you're right, it is uh, some sort of uh, where people just don't move. They're, they're, they eat from uh, probably like... 3 p.m. till night, and uh, no no one's going to bother him about diet or anything like that. No, not at all. It's a day <laughs> of eating and Just uh, eating, being happy. <laughs> being yeah. happy and eating. Can't beat that. All right. Well, yeah. uh, that's what we got going there. And uh, you said, are you having uh, Thanksgiving at your house? Well, the, on the Thanksgiving Day, we always do it with my husband's family, and oh. then two days later, I have a friend or um, a family, like a relative, that comes and we celebrate it all over again. <laughs> right, perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah. Your wines that you mentioned now, where can we find uh, a good wine, good affordable wines for, uh, you know, for this uh, Thanksgiving occasion? Uh, so, so the ones that I uh, mentioned, uh, the Chardonnay, Sparkling, uh, Pinot Noir, Zinfandel, all of those can be uh, purchased in your local store. I don't have a particular brand that I want to uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, going to Trader Joe's or Costco or a small shop and telling them, uh, these are the wines that I'm looking for and seeing, you know, what matches with your price point. So uh, those, those are perfect. As for the Armenian wines, there are only few, and, you know, they can be uh, bought online through uh, Stefan's website. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, um, it, it depends on what you're looking for, what's your price point. Just stay within, for Thanksgiving, since a little celebration try to stay with those wines above uh, $15 um, to give you the uh, better flavor. quality and better uh, flavor yeah for your for okay. your buck how well, they say it. that sounds good and you know what I think a segment to come uh, maybe in the future I just seen the Georgians yeah these uh, weasel Georgians are saying that they're the first ones that have come up with the wine they're the first ones to ever make wine so if you can look into that too and we'll uh, have a little segment on that too so that's interesting that sounds that, that sounds good we can we can we can talk about it i mean it's a it's a history it's a um 
you know, we had the excavation and they discovered that the first winery was, uh, um, it comes from Armenia, 6,100 years ago, then a few years later, they found something that they claimed that the viticulture dates uh, uh, longer than uh, in Armenia. But, uh, I mean, it's so hard to prove, you know, which one goes back. And that's why it's like that whole region is the place where the winemaking originated. So right. uh, as a facility... It goes to Armenia, but who knows what the individuals did and longer or but but we can definitely have a uh, show about that and talk about it and Excellent. Um, see, see. All right. All right, Anish, thank you so much. You have a great Thanksgiving and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again, my friend. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, and to all the listeners. Yeah. And uh, folks, uh Anush just showed me a way to have turkey that's going to be moist. Uh, I can't. You know what, Brian? I'm going to put the sheet on and I'm going to burn down the kitchen or something. <laughs> you watch and see. I hope not. And I'm going to. I'm going to say Anush told me to do this. So, all right, Anush, Thank I'll get you. it right. I'll get it right. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you later. My pleasure. All right, bye. And that was Anush. That was Anush with uh, some holiday. Wines out there, and she kind of actually made me a little hungry about the yeah her way of turkey yeah throwing that paper on. Uh, well, you know what? If yeah, I threw any paper cloth, yeah. on, I, I'd burn the whole damn house. Uh, it's down. The, it was cheesecloth. That's what it was. It was cheesecloth cheese soaked in wine and butter. Have you done that? I have not. But the funny thing is, is that like uh, I was looking it up. You know, when she was talking right. about it. Oh yeah, it looks pretty darn good. I'm gonna inject the hell out of this turkey. That's with always wine. good. One. And she uh, and my wife won't even know. I've done this before. I've done this before, and uh, it's worked out. Yeah. Last time I told, uh, I think, Mariam, when we had Mariam on, uh, I said, I'm going to inject the hell out of that uh, bird with uh, garlic, garlic. Mm. And uh, that one didn't turn out too good because yeah. I didn't inject too far enough, and there were, like, black spots all around the turkey mm. where she found the garlic all over. But this, how can I miss with this? Uh, you just inject the wine into the turkey. Yeah. It may blow it up a little bit, but then you got that cheese, uh, you said cheese paper? It's cheesecloth is cheese what it's called. Cloth. Yes. All right, all right. It's it's a very porous uh, white cloth that you can that you can uh, use right. to strain stuff good. is usually what it's used for. But we'll try it. We'll it try holds it. moisture very well. Hey, folks, thank you so much for being part of this show again and again. Go to our site at armeniaproud.com. On your right-hand side, you'll see Amazon. We're getting close to the holidays. I would sure appreciate it. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, why not? If you love the show, why not go to armeniaproud.com first? And on your right-hand side, click on Amazon and shop away. We won't. You won't see us again. You won't see me with a big sword with the Roman outfit and all this stuff. Uh, you will just shop away, and we get a little love back from Amazon. So, hey, we may not have a show, Brian, next week because of the holidays. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, so, hey, folks, have a great holiday. And right after Thanksgiving, we'll be back on with another guest. Uh, maybe you'll run into someone else, too. Yeah, and maybe during uh, Thanksgiving, people can listen to Michael Sarian. Exactly. And get some nice jazz playing. Exactly. How great is that? It'd be fantastic. It's uh, around every – no one moves on Thanksgiving. No one moves. Everyone grabs a couch, <laughs> and they're not moving. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Genats at Kishet Party. We'll see you uh, actually in uh, two weeks. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. 
Find the show online at ArmeniaProud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at Facebook.com slash ArmeniaProud or Twitter at ArmeniaProud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.